When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The biggest breaking news stories and outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley-Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Lots, as always, to talk about. And joining me for the chat uh, is the journalist and broadcaster, Benedict Spence. Good morning to you, Benedict. Good morning, Julia. Thank How you are you? Very well indeed. Thank you very much indeed uh, for joining us this morning. Um, uh, I have to say, I mean, I think a lot of us would have been expecting that uh, a lot of the coverage still being very much focused on Sarah Everard and uh, obviously more protests, because it turns out, you know, the protests that have been legal for the last year suddenly apparently aren't so illegal uh, when it's a protest on one specific cause, uh, but more uh, over the last few days, uh, including last night at Westminster. But all of the focus really is on the AstraZeneca vaccine at the current time. Um, really quite extraordinary situation where Germany, France, Italy, Spain, Ireland and Holland expressing concern over the risk of blood clots from people having the AstraZeneca Oxford vaccine, um, despite the fact that the European Medicines Agency and the World Health Organization, of course, the MHRA that oversees the regulation of our vaccines in the UK, saying there is no uh, extra risk of blood clots um, from this vaccine. Um, A precautionary measure, we're told by those countries, they're going to take two days to examine whether there is a link or not. Um, Despite the fact that 17 million AstraZeneca vaccines have already been delivered in Europe, and we're talking about a handful of cases, um, what do you make of this? Is this a is this a medical precautionary decision, or is there a lot more politics and possibly even money talking? I think. Do you know what? I don't actually think that necessarily this is the act of several nefarious governments trying to undermine the AstraZeneca vaccine. I do think that this is the action of governments that previously did their best to undermine (laughs) the AstraZeneca vaccine, lost a lot of the public's, their own public's trust in it. And now that they've done that, they have to be incredibly sensitive because their own publics won't trust this vaccine. You know, we've already heard about, you know, the slow uptake of the AstraZeneca vaccine in Germany and uh, Italy. And that was before uh, you know, any sort of official measures were taken simply because of rumours and hearsay. Yeah. We're now in a position where the public would demand, they would demand their own governments would step in to examine were there stories about blood clots. It doesn't matter that there's no evidence. Well, this of, is, there was massive all. concern ahead of the vaccines coming out that actually huge numbers of people wouldn't take the vaccine. And I was surprised to see that Britain actually had the had one of the lowest uh, rates of concern about uh, taking the vaccine, as it is. I mean, some, I mean, the oldest age groups, the most, vi- uh, v- most vulnerable to COVID, we've seen some 
something like sort of you know, 99% in some groups uh, taking the vaccine. So that's not been an issue here. And part of that, I do think, is um, trust in scientists, trust in medicine. Um, and again, certainly, you know, you sort of see, you know, the, 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 the medics in charge of the development at Oxford University, just incredibly reassuring people. These aren't, you know, these aren't uh, salespeople. You know, these are these are scientists trying to save lives. Um, and we've seen that roll out on a grand scale of certainly the AstraZeneca and the Pfizer jab here in the UK and Pfizer only, of course, in Israel. But what's fascinating here is, of course, as you say, that Germany and France, who Macron and Merkel themselves, saying that they, they didn't want the, um, the AstraZeneca used for over 65s because they, I mean, their own medics had misread data and said it only had an 8% efficacy, whereas, in, in fact, genuinely, they literally misread numbers in a document. Mm. Um, but also, um, at the same time as as being very, very, very cross, they weren't getting the vaccine from supplies from the UK, uh, at that same time saying, oh, it's a rubbish vaccine anyway. And then and then the EU granting uh, a, a, a approval for the, the, the for Italy to block export of 250,000 jabs to Australia on the basis they need them here. And now they've stopped the rollout of that. I mean, yeah, I, I was going to say you couldn't make it up, but you could because it's the EU. And this, <laughs> this is this. This should not be a surprise to people. This is how the EU operates. Absolutely, and I think we, here in Britain we shouldn't underestimate the sort of the caution principle that they operate on in the EU. I mean, that's the whole point. It's a large bureaucracy, and it does have sort of many little sort of checks and balances. And, you know, that's the sort of the attitude that they take uh, broadly across several European countries. Anybody who's ever had to deal with the Italian bureaucracy will tell you just how much they love red tape. Uh, but the thing is, as you say, it was largely down to the political arguments over the number of dosages that led to the sort of the, the scale of the misinformation campaign, which is what's now put several European countries in this position. I mean, I suppose if you were Australia right now, you'd be sat there thinking, well, at the very least, the Italians might be good enough to just release this batch of vaccine if yeah. they're not going to be using them. You know, if, if they're so concerned, th these things aren't going to get used for two weeks. Somebody else, somebody else's regulator has approved them. You know, maybe maybe you could let us have them. And I think the EU has burned, it burned a lot of goodwill with the UK mm. uh, over this. It's going to burn a lot of goodwill with other countries as well. Uh, but also goodwill with its own people. Again, the, they raise these concerns. People who don't pay attention to the news 24-7, the sane, sensible people, unlike us. Um, uh, they, you know, in, in France, Germany, Italy, elsewhere, they'll sort of you know, glance at a, a TV screen and see that, oh, oh, the, the AstraZeneca jab's not safe. Oh, right. Mm. And then they, they, they might not you know, focus on news for weeks. And then, but when, when the news comes through, yes, it's fine. We're going to carry on using it. They they won't they won't notice that it's like the news in brief apology on page forty eight after you've called someone a, a paedophile on the front page of a tabloid mm. newspaper. I mean, but that that's the thing, and it does it does do that damage. What's extraordinary is we're talking about a global clock risk. Now, I'm very much in favour that people talk about when there are risks and talk about concerns because I think that is how you actually. Um, uh, win trust from people if you're very open and honest. Okay, there, there are these side effects from this, this, that. But when, during the trials, they discovered that people who had the placebo had, I believe, higher rates of of uh, of uh, you know negative side effects than those who actually had the, the the jab itself. And as we've seen, the Pfizer jab and the AstraZeneca jab have the same rate of blood clots. But given that blood clots happen on a I mean, you know, on a fairly wide scale anyway, for the people who are being vaccinated at the current time, you have no extra risk. But also COVID gives you a higher risk of blood clots. So even if blood clot is a risk for you, 
you're still better off having the vaccine than mm. you are not having the vaccine and risking that. And again, I think it's specifically for the older age groups who would be those who were still getting the vaccine uh, in Europe because they're so far behind. Um, and again, I, I think we should be talking about this. And if there are risks, I think people should be allowed to weigh them up. But there's one thing we have learned over the last year is that neither governments, scientists, a lot of the time, nor the public seem to be capable of understanding some basic principles about balancing risks. So when people talk about, oh, we're going to be cautious. So we're going to be cautious about banning a vaccine or withholding a vaccine, which could save more lives than any it could possibly even if your worst case predictions on blood clots is true, you would still mm. save more lives rolling it out than 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 giving than than withholding it. But at the same time, you know, we're not coming out of lockdown in the UK because we're having apparently a cautious approach, even though every single day of lockdown costs more <coughs> lives. So this people have just lost the ability to balance risk. As you say, there's cautious approaches and then there's an approach that is so cautious that it takes a vaccine that's been thoroughly tested and goes, well, we're not entirely sure. I mean, if you were feeling slightly macabre about it, you might wonder whether or not their concern over blood clots was that not enough people would develop them, seeing as the vaccine seems to stop you from getting them. Uh, but I mean, just to go back to your point about misinformation, about people not being able to understand risk, about you know educating people. I do have a lot of friends in Europe who tell me that actually all they hear is that this vaccine isn't safe. Yeah. Is that elderly people that that you know that your point is correct that this misinformation it does cut through, um, and you know this this is you know young people not just elderly people who perhaps you know sort of switch on the news every now and then are, are a bit stubborn. This is young educated people are telling me, but hang on, how come you're, you're all taking this vaccine? It's not yeah. safe. We've been told it's not safe, but they also spout at the same time the story which is that we're not exporting the vaccine. Yes, I know. <laughs> which is again completely mad. But it's double thing. Just, it's double thing. That you're sat the there thing. thinking, why do you buy this? Why do you listen to it? Why do you not? That actually sit and listen to yourself. How much do you think this this is a lot of, um, frankly, sort of politicking around the fact that it was a, it's a a British Oxford made Mm. vaccine, AstraZeneca and and, and the Swiss company as well, of course. Um, And I do think, you know, if it was a French made vaccine, I can assure you there'd be no (laughs) concerns expressed by Emmanuel Macron or indeed Angela Merkel. Um, But also the fact that it's very cheap. Now, one of the things that makes the AstraZeneca jab a game changer is Pfizer. Amazing. First one to be developed. But but needs to be stored at incredibly cold uh, temperatures, although they've learned that you can, for a couple of weeks you can keep it at, at normal temperatures. But it does, it's expensive. I mean, Moderna's even more expensive. Um, uh, and it's an expensive jab that is very difficult to roll out because of the, 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 the cold uh, storage. Very difficult for that to be sent around the whole of you know, Africa and Asia and South America mm. to poorer countries. Whereas um, AstraZeneca was, you know, the whole point is it's about a quid, quid a go and you, you can transport it easily. It can go around the world i wonder how much of this is not just political just you know cutting off your nose to spite your face stuff from the european leaders which they are they have a very long history of doing by the way but also that that money talks we know i'm sorry the eu is a deeply corrupt organization financially everyone is on the take it's a big gravy drain for everybody and we know that big business reason why big business loves the eu uh and, and didn't want us to leave was because they you know they 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 know how to operate within those circles um but it seems to me how funny that the cheap vaccine is the one they've got concerns about that's got exactly the same um, the same safety uh, uh, level as as the more expensive one. I I, I wonder where the money is talking at this point.
I mean, I've I've not seen any evidence for this, but it's the sort of thing that wouldn't surprise me. You know, it, the, the protectionist attitude of the EU. I know that a lot of Remainers in this country have this idea that it's this wonderful trading opportunity and that everything's free and wonderful. The whole point of the EU is specifically to stop competition. You know, that, that is something that I think a lot of people have never really taken into account. The free market isn't free at all. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it's... The competition aspect, certainly I think that there was a, the, the at the start it was almost entirely political. It was Britain must be punished. Britain is going alone. Britain is dangerous. Britain is slapdash. Britain cuts corners. And now that it's been found to work, it is, well, you know, we, we don't know. You know. There's all sorts of, ah, but this one's better. This one's more, more expensive. You, you, you wanted to do an accent tested. then, didn't you? I know you were tempted oh. there. <laughs> Oh yes, yes. The, the 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 sort of the maverick Brexiteer in me was absolutely <laughs> determined. That I was going to, but but sadly not. But no, you're right. It's it's there are so many factors at play. This is the key thing, I think. So many factors at play. None of them are good. None of them are in the best interests of European citizens. Yes. As much as they're saying we're being cautious for your sake. On this account, you have to say, no, you're being cautious because you dropped the ball earlier playing politics and now your own populations don't trust this vaccine. That's why, were you to rush ahead with it, they would accuse you of negligence. Yeah. And bearing in mind, of course, you know, again, this is the thing. Is that, uh, again, I don't think we can actually control. I think the evidence is quite clear. We can't control this virus as much as people think you control this virus. Viruses are going to virus. Um, but the vaccine <laughs> is a crucial point. Seasons control viruses and the like. And you, you, you're locked down, you come out, it's going to go up. The vaccine is the game changer here. Um, and, and that's where the rollout of the vaccine has been a huge success for the government uh, and for the British people. Uh, and by the way, for Brexit, I'm sorry, it is. Um, and that's, that's just a fact. Um, we would, we, even if we were legally allowed to have done this, we would not have. We would have stayed and done, and done what the rest of the EU did and, and, and lost out. But, but the fact that we are seeing countries like Italy going back into lockdown because their cases are going up um, just tells you, you know, how, how important it is to roll out vaccine out quickly. Just finally, let's talk about vaccine passports in, in this section um, because Michael Gove is heading a review into COVID status certification, which could see Brits having to prove they've been vaccinated or received a negative test before going to pubs, theatres and the like. Now, um, I can accept that I can need, I might need to have a vaccine to get on a plane to go abroad. If another country says you have to have a vaccine to come to our country, that's entirely within their rights. Uh, national sovereignty, is that, that's what it's about. However, I will never use any service or any business in this country, if it means I never go to the cinema or the theatre again, then so be it if they require me to have a health document to prove I've had the vaccine. Um, do you think this is going to be a goer or do you think actually um, the British people will refuse this? I think sadly it is going to be a goer. Um, I thought at the very start, when I still had a little bit of trust in the goodwill of the government, I thought that it would be an interesting way of getting uh, some people to take the vaccine up. Uh, the more and more that it goes on, I think, you know what, it's just not worth the risk of it, you know, because it'll hang around. It, you know, the, 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 the idea of documentation will become a fixture in British life. It won't be a, a semi-permanent, uh, you know, so a temporary thing, rather. Um, and I just think what with everything else that's going on and certain bills that are about to be passed, I just think actually this is not the sort of thing that you can accept in a temporary fashion. But sadly... I do think actually most British people will just put up with it because yep. we are in, increasingly a very placid nation that puts up with yeah. the things that are imposed that, on us. That, that's not, no, I, don't, I couldn't even, I could cope with British people putting up with it. It's British people welcoming it and demanding it yeah. is the bit that really upsets me. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. 
Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.